To those of you listening to us on the Internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word upon which we uh, base our message on this second Sunday in Lent is a blending of all three readings, Old Testament, the Epistle, and the Gospel. First of all, from Jeremiah 26, you heard these all read before, I recall just a few words. But as soon as Jeremiah finished saying everything that the Lord had commanded him to say, the priests, the prophets, and all the people grabbed him and said, you must die. From Philippians, I have often told you and tell you now with tears in my eyes that many live as the enemies of the cross of Christ. And from the gospel, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone to death those sent to you. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who lived, died, and rose again so that we might live with him forever, my beloved. When I was in high school, I played sports. I was on the football team for a while on the basketball team. But I was really lousy at baseball. And so um, whenever we had physical education, that was Phi Ed. Some of you remember Phi Ed. And we would uh, choose up baseball teams. Uh, then they would choose a captain, and then he would pick uh, the ones to be on the team. I was always last. And I was also designated to play far out in right field so I wouldn't mess up the game. I was rejected. I felt like a reject. Maybe some of you remember back to the days of kindergarten or middle, middle school. It seems to me, and confession is good for the soul, that a lot of times in those classes there was one or two kids that were all sort of ostracized. Nobody ever played with them. Um, when they had birthday parties, they weren't invited. <laughs> had to do it all over again. My goodness, I would have befriended some of those people. So we are so ignorant in our youth. No one desires or deserves to be a reject. Today we want to talk about three rejects. And they all were predicted by God to be rejects. First of all, the prophet Jeremiah lived 600 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. He told the people of Jerusalem, God's chosen people from whom the Savior would be born, to turn from their evil ways and to repent. Love the Lord your God once again, or he's going to destroy your city, all your land. And the people were used to rebelling against God. They worshipped the god Baal, uh, fertility god, they erected temples to that god where they uh, practiced sexual prostitution. Then they worshipped the god Moloch, and they sacrificed their children by throwing the children into the fire. 
For 40 years, Jeremiah prophesied to the people, 40 years, five kings. You know what God told him? He said, Jeremiah, you will say all these things to them, but they will not obey you. You will call to them, but they will not respond to you. And so finally the city was destroyed. Jeremiah was led away into uh, exile down in Egypt. For 40 years he prophesied to God's people to return to the truth, and he was a reject. Second reject I want to talk about this morning is our dear Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to be born in a manger in Bethlehem, and he grew up and he preached, I am the way and the truth and the light. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. St. John tells us in his gospel, he went to his own people and his own people didn't accept him. Isaiah, prophecy, prediction in the Old Testament, long before Jesus was born, he was despised and rejected by people. He was despised like one from whom people turned their faces and we didn't consider him to be worth anything. And Jesus in the gospel, he groans and he cries, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather your children together, but you were not willing. Jesus was a reject, God's own son. Now I want to talk about the third reject. You know who the third reject is? You. You. John chapter 17, Jesus talks about his disciples and the disciples, you and I today. I have given them your message. He's praying to his father. But the world has hated them because they don't belong to the world. Jesus' words, Matthew 24, all nations will hate you because you are committed to me. Why are you as a Christian today rejected? By the world around you. Because the world loves darkness. Because you hold to scriptural truths. And the world of darkness holds to falsehoods. Some of the truths. We believe in a six-day creation by God's almighty power. The world has substituted the falsehood of evolution. We believe in a universal flood. There was a man, Noah, who really made that ark. The unbelieving world substitutes an ice age. From Holy Scripture, we believe that there is only one God. As the Bible says, this is life eternal, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Only one God. The world says, there's many gods. We believe from Holy Scripture that Jesus is the only way to eternal life in heaven. The world of falsehood says many different ways. We believe that the Bible is the only source of absolute truth. The unbelieving world says that truth is all relative. And what might have been true yesterday or a month ago isn't necessarily true today. 
We believe that God created human beings male and female. The unbelieving world says, choose your own gender. We believe that the Bible says that marriage is between one man and one woman for all of life. The world of falsehood says, in marriage, any number, any gender. Scripture teaches when it comes to lifelong relationships, monogamous heterosexual relationships are natural, a part of creation. The world of falsehood says, homo, overt homosexuality, any way you want. Scripture talks about the nuclear family, a father and a mother, and children if God blesses them. The world says that a family is any number of people, whoever they are, living under one roof. And we believe in the sanctity of human life, that God is in control. The world promotes and encourages abortion, even late term and out of the womb, and euthanasia. And for all of these things, believe it or not, you and I are hated and rejected. I would never have thought that it would have happened in my lifetime. But it was only a, a half a century ago, 50 years. That's a pretty short period of time in the history of the whole world where we used to be a predominantly Christian nation. Now we have changed into a nation that expresses overt rejection of the Bible and scriptural truths. Examples. And this is already years ago that prayer was removed from public schools. People want to take the word God out of the Pledge of Allegiance or else just not say it. And certainly you want to take all biblical references off government property. No manger scenes. Remove all the monuments of the Ten Commandments. Wauwatosa because they entered into a lawsuit, didn't want to enter into a lawsuit, they had to take the cross over the, off the uh, city logo. And certainly, when it comes to certain times of the year, remember to say Happy Holidays rather than Merry Christmas. And instead of Easter break or Christmas break, now it's spring break and winter break. And if you happen to be attending a public school, you can't sing any Christian hymns or songs in the uh, concerts for Christmas or Easter. And sue or boycott a business that espouses Christian values. And now today even we have a Christian who's running for public office labeled as sponsoring hate because he's a Christian. And we're living in a day and age where the words... Christianity or Christian and hate are used interchangeably. You might say we're living in a day and age of Christophobia. I found it and I just have to read an article written by Trevin or Trevin Wax back in August of 2012 when the whole Chick-fil-A fiasco was going on. He says, we're living in a day of Christ Christophobia. Isn't that a strong word? Yes, it is. So let's define our terms. First, let's define homophobia. 
According to the Anti-Defamation League, homophobia is the hatred or fear of homosexuals, that is, lesbians and gay men, sometimes leading to acts of violence and expressions of hostility. Consider the comments made by Chick-fil-A president Dan Cathy that triggered this escapade. We are very much supportive of the family, the biblical definition of the family unit. We are a family-owned business, a family-led business, and we are married to our first wives. We give God thanks for that. We know that it might not be popular with everyone, but thank the Lord we live in a country where we can share our values and operate on biblical principles, and I say, so far. Now, let's define Christophobia. It is anti-Christian sentiment expressed as opposition to Christians, the Christian religion, or the practice of Christianity. When the mayors of prominent U.S. cities in the North and West told Chick-fil-A they would not be welcome there, they were making a statement that goes beyond one's position on gay rights. These remarks were an example of social ostracism, not just toward those who hold to traditional views on marriage, but especially Christians who hold these views and seek to practice their religion accordingly. What we are seeing today is a massive cultural shift that permits leaders to label Christians as intolerant and bigoted simply for expressing their views about how society should function. But strangely enough, the same social ostracism and cultural condescension are not extended to faithful adherents of other religions. No, the prejudice appears to be directed towards Christians who dare to speak publicly about their deeply held religious convictions. That's why, at the end of the day, this conversation isn't really about marriage, gay rights, or restaurant permits. It's not about the cultural divide between North and South, liberal and conservative. It's about Jesus. It's about the radical sexual ethic he put forth in his teaching, a moral zealousness that hits our current culture's sexual permissiveness head-on. And it's about his forgiveness offered to all sexual sinners, so long as we agree with Jesus about our sin and embrace him instead. As weary as we may be of the culture wars, the Chick-fil-A controversy is a harbinger of further ostracism to come. In the United States, the words of Jesus are coming to pass for those who hold tightly to his vision of sexuality. You will be hated because of me. So how should we respond? We've got to go beyond boycotts and political statements and feigned offense at perceived persecution. We're called to love those who ostracize us not boycott back. So let's trumpet the message that Jesus is for all kinds of sinners, from the self-righteous church leader to the promiscuous transsexual, no matter what kind of vitriol comes our way. The world tells homosexuals it gets better. The church tells homosexuals Jesus is better.
And we certainly have more direction from our Lord God in Holy Scripture, as was read today in the epistle. I have often told you and now tell you with tears in my eyes that many live as the enemies of the cross of Christ. In the end, they will be destroyed. Their own emotions are their God, and they take pride in the shameful things they do. Their minds are set on worldly things. We, however, are citizens of heaven. We look forward to the Lord Jesus Christ coming from heaven as our Savior. Through his power to bring everything under his authority, he will change our humble bodies and make them like his glorified body. And St. Peter writes in his first epistle, Dear friends, do not be surprised by the fiery troubles that are coming in order to test you. Don't feel as though something strange is happening to you, but be happy as you share Christ's sufferings. Then you will also be full of joy when he appears again in his glory. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory, the spirit of God, is resting on you. So, what are we? Just a bunch of rejects in the eyes of the world, but still faithful to the truth no matter what. Waiting to be reunited with Jeremiah and Jesus and to not only be accepted, but also exalted before the throne of God forever and forever. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, <clears throat> maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time together, our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.